Okay, we are on. We are on again. This is another episode of DaoCast. Uh, this time, uh, a bit different, I, I would imagine, because we are not talking to somebody from a DAO project per se, but rather someone who is more interested in meta governance. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Whatever so that we, means. Yeah, what does that mean? We will we, we hopefully find out. So we have Joshua. What's your last name, by the way? I'm sorry. Uh, Tan. 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 And also just Josh is fine. Thanks. Yeah, Josh. Uh, yeah. So he he has been involved with with Meta Governance. It's a project. Uh, I guess some of the people in the DAO space are familiar with it. Uh, the website is metagov.org, and I'm just gonna read here uh, their short description. So the Meta Governance project is an interdisciplinary research group. We are creating a set of portable tools for the governance of virtual worlds. So I guess from that, we can already have a sense of what it is. Uh, <laughs> I am, of course, very curious to hear from Josh what it is that they are doing. But before that, would also love to hear about himself, a bit of his background. Uh, I know he has been studying some interesting things such as AI, complex systems modeling, and all those kind of uh, geeky things that we all love. So things. yeah, thanks, Josh, and feel free to hit the floor as you wish. Awesome, uh, thanks. Uh, first off, it's really pleasure to be here. Um, as you mentioned, yes, I'm not part of the core DAO movement or community, but mm -hmm. uh, through interacting with people in it, like Prima, mm -hmm. uh, I think I've really grown to get pretty excited about what you guys are trying to do. Uh, it's a really, really cool movement with lots of cool ideas. Mm. Um, the okay, I guess a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm Josh. I'm currently a PhD student. That's my day job at mm -hmm. uh, the University of Oxford, where I do kind of a research on theoretical machine learning. Um, so my day job, I'm a mathematician. I prove things about machine learning algorithms, mm -hmm. and I model them um, specifically in some sense how to combine different learning algorithms. Mm -hmm. Uh, at night, I don a <laughs> coat and you know a costume, and I be morph into you know government's crusader. Yes, uh, or something. Like that. Uh, but so I have a project um, that I've been working on, I guess, for almost two to three years now. It's kind of crazy. Um, uh, partly with um, Sir Lauren Flessig, who is a professor at Harvard, um, as well as Primavera, uh, who has mm. been involved in sort of stack. And Louis Kang, um, who's at MIT, mm -hmm. and Nathan and Seth and all the people on the website. Um, mm -hmm. They're all amazing. Um, and uh, we've been working on this project to develop meta governance tools. Um, and the way, maybe like the easiest way to tell this is just give the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, kind of started out of a class that I was teaching with Larry um, and uh, another fr a friend named Letra mm -hmm. uh, in at Harvard Law called the governance of virtual worlds. Um, and in that class, uh, it was kind of amazing because the entire point of the class was to get a bunch of law school students to play video games. Uh, I, I literally would assign them, you know, you need to play this game this week. And they, they come up to me and say, Josh, I, I'm not sure if this is okay. What if I get addicted to this stuff? <laughs> Oh my God, you're literally getting a grade for playing video games. How amazing is that, right? Yes. If I had this assignment. <laughs> yes. 
but uh, actually, I'm actually the students were amazing in this class. So we had like a professional gamer. We oh, had wow. a a former like he was a uh, Simon was I think number eight or number five in like PUBG worldwide. Really, pretty wow. incredible. Um, we had like a professional, like a former PR rep for Microsoft Games. So a lot of interesting people are becoming lawyers these days. So that's like fact number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so this class was about kind of within these game worlds, how does governance work? You know, like if you go log to an uh, RPG, so it stands for multi massively multiplayer online yeah. game. Um, uh, an MMO like World of Warcraft, right. you have things like guilds, right? You also have things like, like parties. You have a lots of like different kinds of mechanisms, uh, at least provided within the infrastructure of the platform, mm -hmm. to support different kinds of community, different kinds of collective action. Mm -hmm. And along on top of that, there are other forms of tools, let's say um, software tools that mm -hmm. players themselves build, like apps and extensions, things like Wowhead or different tools for raids. And this is just like World of Warcraft, but Really, this is on um, these tools and these, let's say, these governance tool sets are replicated for lots and lots of different online communities. Mm -hmm. Often, um, and the development of these tools is instigated by these particular communities in order to mm -hmm. solve the problems that they're facing. And one of the things that, um, uh, so that was this kind of the topic of this course, and we were trying to understand uh, a variety of games, but we also sort of looked into governance problems in blockchains, mm. Mm. Uh, as well as, of course, uh, social networks, you know, Facebook and governance of Facebook, content moderation on Twitter. These kinds of questions are very, very, um, uh, very important right now. Okay. So I think, and in the course, I think what happened is we realized, well, as we were thinking about all these problems in different kinds of virtual worlds, from blockchain platforms to, um, games, massively multiplayer online games, to social networks, as we realized in a lot of ways, governance in each of these systems can look quite similar. Like for example, mm. in a way, World of Warcraft was kind of a prelude to getting, you know, having these kinds of problems at scale. Mm -hmm. Was a prelude um, to some of the problems that Facebook eventually saw in just mm. like the past two years. Um, wow! And <laughs> never thought about a that. project. Basically, the meta governance project developed out of this kind of um, uh, this classwork. So I was uh, Larry's Tia. Uh, Prima was and Louis were speakers, and we sort of realized well, we're actually working on, even though we're working on very different platforms. So I was working. You know, as, a lot of the governance problems were very related and that instead of trying to build, let's say, three different governance solutions for three different platforms, what if we could build one governance solution for three platforms mm -hmm. or for any arbitrary number of platforms? So this project, and I guess in some sense, what you would think of as meta-governance is all about building cross-platform governance tools that allow the users of those communities. Um, so it's not just, let's say, one administrator or one autocrat mm. sitting at the top making all the decisions. Right. How do I allow um, different 
uh, uh, different users uh, or a large number of users to participate in a kind of democratic way around the governance of these um, of these communities. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sorry, maybe that was a very long introduction. Nah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Okay, so so many great things you you said. The first of them being that there is a class out there where you were assigned video games as as homework. Uh, I I need to sign up for that. Uh, maybe maybe I have I would, the syllabus. You want yeah. to take a look? <laughs> yes, please. Maybe I have endured, I would have endured more in my time at university. Uh, cool. And well, the second thing that stood out that stood out for me is is this um, is this dynamic where where these uh, virtual worlds they they simulate or they have simulated uh, dynamics that were dancing in, in 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 other social networks, right? You said World of Warcraft came up, not came up, but they had problem that then Facebook later had to face. That's something that I, I never really stopped to 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 consider the fact that we have um, these simulations with uh, with the input from from human beings running at massive scales and and these are all games and I wonder if if there are, maybe you were one of them or or your peers if there are people who are looking into that as as material for research, as material for insights into collective dynamics, into, uh, yeah, we were talking before into complex systems dynamics, because I guess they they are great material for those kind of things, aren't they? Uh, a third thing that came to me, and I'm not even asking questions, is, uh, just putting these things out, is you mentioned that what you're then trying to do is to develop yeah. tools that well that would allow these communities or these users to make decisions in a more democratic uh, non-authoritative way and to me that's uh, the connection between what you're doing and and the DAO movement uh, where they are also trying to design tools and protocols to allow such things um, but not in a game and well, it's always a game, isn't it? But not in a virtual world environment, but hopefully uh, in regards to, people have been using the word, the concept of cyber physical systems. Uh, that's, that's one that has been mm -hmm. yeah. out there. Um, so yeah, I, I can see those efforts complementing each other. Yeah. You know, okay, so there's kind of two points. First is that, yeah, there's a, there is a long tradition of people analyzing these virtual extract, let's say, lessons. Scholar, I think, in Indiana, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. um, has been doing this for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, like um, when we were setting up this course, I had a few conversations with Raf Koster, who was the lead game designer of Ultima Online, it's one of these mm -hmm. first-generation uh, massively multiplayer online games. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was the one who actually pointed out to me that like a lot of things that they sort of saw they encountered in you know in the design and the running of Ultima Online ultimately like for example like dealing with players mental health problems okay? mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the fact that people would often kind of people with you know um, various kinds of you know um, 
issues would often use virtual worlds as a way, as a place where they could kind of safe way um, deal with and release um, uh, various issues that they had that they weren't, that were kind of impossible to do mm. in a real world setting. Mm -hmm. Actually, often, like for example, um, like back then, I think uh, 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 homosexuality was not as accepted in mm -hmm. many parts of the world. And a lot of people um, were able to explore um, their sexuality in these virtual settings as a, using them as a safe space. Yes. Um, other people, um, uh, so I guess it's like, it's a kind of really cool sense in which these initial virtual settings were used in all sorts of different ways. And you can then see um, these communities developing later on in um, in a more kind of like a, in a more mainstream invisible way on platforms like Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just it's just saying there's like there's an obvious connection between these early online communities and the sort of more mature online communities that we're seeing now developing in social mm -hmm. networks, and it's something that you can probably expect to develop in future online communities like the communities that you guys are imagining um, uh, in the DAO movement. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying there's a long history of lessons to be learned um, in online governance yes. um, from a variety of different sources. Right. Uh, the second thing, I, I think you were, oh gosh, um, you were asking me something about, uh, was it video games or, uh, I'm trying to remember like the second point because I the second thing that I went <laughs> too long. The first uh, oh, cyber physical system. Right, cyber physical system. Yeah. Um. Um. So actually, I I did do quite a work, uh, quite a bit of work on cyber physical systems. Um, in a way that's separate from DAOs. So I used to do, and I still do work with um, NIST mm. in the U.S. It's called the National Institute for Standards Standards and Technology. Yeah. And. I used to work with them, or I still do work with them on um, research involving smart cities, mm. which are um, kind of these core, one of the core cases of cyber physical systems, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's obviously mm -hmm. the city providing physical services, but there is a computational system running and governing that city. Um, and I'm kind of curious, like, why do you guys think of DAOs as cyber physical systems? Right. Because <laughs> uh, I tend to think of them as much like very little physical things. Mm, right. Mm. Everything is happening online or mediated through some sort of virtual interface. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, let me be clear here. Um, I I wouldn't say that the entire DAO movement is, um, let's say, uh, interested in cyber physical systems, but there is a, <laughs> I would say, a considerable chunk of it who is looking into that, and those people are usually. Uh, coming from a commons paradigm framework where they imagine that uh, well the physical representation of a cyber physical system uh, especially if it's a limited resource system it can be managed through a DAO which would then represent the cyber the, the, the non-physical aspect of it so the idea would yeah, you see that you would have this um, these two things connected uh, mm -hmm. where the the digitally mediated DAO uh, would, uh, would be able to decide on the stewardship of this uh, physical system, especially commons-oriented mm -hmm. systems or uh, resource-limited systems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I guess, how do I say it? Uh, my perspective on these kinds of systems is very much from, as I, as I said, like a scientific perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in modeling and characterizing these kinds of systems. Mm-hmm. And I would say that maybe this, tell me if this is the right description, mm-hmm. uh, but would you say that you guys are interested in innovating and creating these kinds of systems? And you would think of modeling as mm-hmm. a tool to help you do that or? Mm. So, huh, that's a good question. Um, so the, I think the, 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 the creative and innovative aspect of in relation to cyber physical systems is rather on the on the digital part of it, not necessarily mm-hmm. on the physical part of it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen yet, uh, for example, people um, connecting the concept of smart cities and, and you know DAOs or something like that, something closer to what you were describing or to your own work, but mm-hmm. rather things like um, how do we manage the stewardship of of a well from from small things like a co-living place to larger things like Mm -hmm. a a meadow or something like that a a place a a natural resource uh, per se Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. still i I guess people have been um, very careful to describe what sort of physical system would be embedded with the in the cyber physical conjecture just because mm-hmm. the cyber part is not done yet. Uh, and there has been mm-hmm. a lot of modeling. Um, there has been a lot of um, simulation around the digital part of it before mm-hmm. any sort of mm-hmm. further attempt. Uh, and yeah, on that note, um, one of the tools that people have been using and, and they have been really excited about uh, especially in the in the world of the commons, where, where the commons and and and, and distributed governance meets, uh, one of the tools that people have been using is called CatCat. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, it it comes CatCat. CatCat. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm not sure if. Uh, yeah, I won't be able to to say out of my head. But let let me see if I can pull it out here. Um, yeah. It's um uh where is it? So oh, I have the website, but it doesn't. Say, I like the name of it. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not <laughs> able to. Oh, here it is: complex adaptive dynamics, computer aided design. So that's a framework that people, some people, have been using in in the world of DAOs in order to. Well, first create models that would uh, models of, of 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 how tokens dynamics would work, and mm-hmm. and then run simulations <laughs> so as to yeah, better, yeah. yeah you know so so as to fine tune those, and then uh-huh. I guess an a next step that that on itself is only in, in its beginning, and then I guess that a next step would then to to connect that to actual systems in in the physical world, but yes there has there yeah we we're not there yet yes this is um this is quite interesting yeah so uh, i used to do quite a bit of um research on this kind of like cyber physical systems modeling Mm -hmm. um basically thinking about tools 
a lot of like cyber physical systems, um, like robots are a kind of cyber physical system, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it is geared toward analyzing technical tools that need to have, that have some sort of defined performance metric in the world. Like you think of like, um, like a jet engine, right? Mm -hmm. So a jet engine may have a really complicated uh, technical architecture, mm -hmm. um, like controlling like the fuel injection, right? Mm -hmm. But like the fuel injection system is actually a physical system that is operating continuously. Mm -hmm. So really, the way like that I, as mathematician, am trained to think about this is there is a discrete system. There's a computational or digital system that you know, you know that basically operates on zeros and ones, right? Mm -hmm. There's like something happens and some other thing happens and it's like, it goes like, bah, 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 bah. whereas a physical system, are typical, physical systems are typically continuous and they operate on this gradient. It's like, mm, mm, mm. things, you know, did you kind of get my sense? And the problem there about defining how these things interact is understanding what exactly distinguishes the discrete world from the physical world. Mm. Um, and this is what one of my old supervisors uh, actually spent a lot of time thinking about and doing. Um, and he used a, a tool called category theory mm. to bring these two worlds together, the discrete and the infinite. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's that's something I never really thought about it. <laughs> the discrete and the continuous, how <laughs> do they come together? <laughs> yeah. It's it makes sense. <laughs> it's it's a very different way of thinking about yeah, it's a very different way of thinking about like cyber physical systems. But if you look at what's going on, um that doesn't <laughs> it's hard to anyway, it's hard to take those kind of questions and sort of relate them to governance. But I would say in a way that's like that similar kind of um distinction we're trying to connect this this like complex uh uh continuous social world with this discrete and finite and digital world that's also mm. very much at the sort of at the core of what we're trying to figure out um in this research project in the meta governance project how do mm. i relate in a kind of rigorous way um, these two worlds, the social world and this digital world. Hmm. Well, that that's, does seem to be a, a very important question for our times. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, one of the things I'm, I would like to figure out from you guys, to be honest, because I still have so much to learn about, um, DAOs and the DAO movement and Genesis and Alchemy. Um, and I guess like the present examples is one of the things that really motivated me to pursue this research project was like, what is this for? And to me, it's the goal of all this research is to enable more governance complexity, right? Mm. It's this that I might have an institution, like, you know, it's not that complicated to govern a group of 10 players in like a discord channel or you can give them uh themselves they can figure out how to work together and coordinate right mm -hmm. or maybe at most they need a google doc mm -hmm. but that becomes much harder as you get to like 40 players and as you start to think about users 
Hello. Hey, Josh. I'm sorry. I yeah, I lost you at some point. Uh, that's that's terrible. It, it felt like you're really going to something. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, no problem. You you can um, always cut it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah I I get I I got bits of what you said and I was trying to put it together. Um, and this insight of of how some tools might allow us to create. I'll put it this way, more complex ways of governance, which I, I think is close to what you were trying to describe. I guess that's that's the driving force behind the work of a lot of people in, in the DAO space. And I, I mean, I don't want to be the, the, the person representing that space here because it's so vast and I know mm -hmm. so little about it. But I've heard similar things from many people that I've talked to. Uh, and they, they, I, I think those people were very conscious about what they meant when they said complexity uh, in regards to governance complexity. So I, I would like them to get your perspective on that. Like, what do you mean by governance complexity and what do you mean by increasing it in, with the help of digital tools? So when you go into like um uh when you start an organization online right yeah. like you start like a little online community maybe it's a dao uh, but maybe it's like just a facebook group or yeah. a subreddit yeah. um you start that by saying you know you articulate a sense of what is this for yeah. and then you put down some basic ground rules like maybe just like two or three golden rules golden principles about how to treat other people in that in that community Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe just a few things about like the kinds of content you should be posting. Mm -hmm. um, and when a community is small, like that's okay. You don't need any more, right? Mm -hmm. I suppose you, that suddenly like that community is not just uh, like a forum online or a subreddit. Imagine the community is, you know, it needs to govern some sort of software project, mm -hmm. right? Suddenly you need more hierarchy you need to there's somebody or often the response is to add more hierarchy mm -hmm. there's somebody who's coordinating the software project there's somebody who's assigning work there's somebody who's sort of establishing incentives and the way i think about DAOs um, is that they're kind of one method of taking the work that was previously done by like an administrator mm -hmm. um, and putting that in into a computational device, right? Into a blockchain or um, some sort of token-based incentive system. Mm -hmm. uh, would you say that's correct? Yes, yes. So you can imagine that, okay, so a software project might involve like, you know, and like lots, lots and lots of people, but it has a fairly sort of, let's say precise goal state at the end, right? But if you look at just general communities, uh, communities where, you know, people live because they want to live together. You know, it's like I live in a community, well, because it kind of provides me um, uh, a sense of context, mm -hmm. a sense of like uh, social context, as well as an economic context. And as these communities become more complex, you naturally need even more rule, right? Or more, let's say, structures to accommodate what people really want out of these things. 
mm-hmm. um, like uh, maybe the community is supposed to sort of imagine your community is supposed to sort of like deal with um, it's about governing a, a software project, right? But suddenly the community, because it's people, you know, they start to develop, they form friendships with each other, or sometimes mm-hmm. they form, you know, they become enemies, right? Yes. And suddenly you start needing additional mechanisms to deal with all these complicated interactions between people interactions which weren't you know you could never have predicted when you were just thinking about them at the level of a software project so what you have is you have let's say uh, you've designed a computational mechanism for incentivizing and governing the work for that software project but suddenly because of all these new things you need to adapt that you need to change that Mm -hmm. the question for me is how do you do that in a kind of scalable and in a kind of easy, as easy as possible way, right? Mm. How do I sort of like sort of take a system which like is based around a kind of a market or incentive-based mechanism for governing a particular thing, which is like software development, mm-hmm. and how do I modularly add some sort of some set of rules or some sort of additional mechanism, some either computational or social or normative or even legal mechanism that can deal with all these other interactions, all these other social needs that might arise as the community grows and evolves um, and gets more complicated. Yeah. And that, in some senses, at least one way of understanding what we're trying to do and the perspective we take at, um, in the meta-governance project, it's to deal with the fact that um, as communities grow, as they get more complicated, they need more and more complicated rule sets um, and sort of mechanisms to deal with uh, the problems that inevitably arise. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we want to do is provide a set of shared tools, a, shared of, a set of natively cross-platform tools that allow people to kind of like just plop, like sort of plug and play different kinds of social and computational mechanisms that mm-hmm. allow them to deal with the needs that the communities face. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I... Well, the one thing that stands out the most for me from what you said is, is the fact that things change in, in ways that we cannot predict. And it, it seems that we haven't really yet designed, even in the DAO movement, I would, I would say, we haven't really yet designed um, ways to iterate fast enough so as to accommodate emerging dynamics in in social groups, be digital or non-digital. So mm-hmm. I guess that whenever we figure that out, I think I think we're going to be onto something. And my feeling for why we are not so capable of doing that at the moment is that we are yet to find out how to how to have tools that allow us to to have collective sense making or effective collective sense making because and and i guess that's also something in the dao movement that's also a challenge um whenever you have a large group of people interacting as i said whenever it's large enough that you know a google doc will not solve it it's very hard to understand what that group or what that collective is perceiving through all of its parts or through all of its agents mm-hmm. to use mm-hmm. the more formal language, right? 
-hmm. because people are experiencing it from different corners they are touching it on different sides it's that metaphor of the of the blind scientist touching the elephant you know one of them sees the snake the other sees a wall and yeah they could all take up their blinds and then they will see the whole elephant but when when we're then talking about thousands of these people and and they are all spread around the world they have different incentives they are living different uh, dynamics it's it's very hard to know what that collective is actually sensing what it's actually um understanding from any sort of conflictual situation let alone and i think that's even a greater challenge which also plays a role into all of this let alone understand what this collective is feeling because we're talking about human beings we feel stuff mm. we are we we have this crazy thing that makes us act in in, in non-rational ways and how yeah. do we touch on that at a collective at a at a, at a great scale um oh my gosh i yeah and and this whole like feeling collective feeling thing collective sense making a collective feeling that's been the that's been something that i've been thinking about for a while now and i actually avoid thinking about it because it it just seems such a far far challenge like it it doesn't seem like we're very close to to addressing it i might be wrong though i might it, it might be that it other is... people are onto something on that this is the thing that most excites me about this project, I think, mm. because it's, it's introducing me to the vast, it's both a really, really, you know, rich literature on mm. how to deal with collective sense-making, right? Mm. Um, and how to sort of interpret that or use computational mechanisms to study that. Mm. And it's also like really thin because there is so much that needs to be done. Yes. <laughs> um, just, to, like, you know what? Uh, so I just shared a link with you. Is mm-hmm. so we just received a uh, released um, for public comment a kind of a kind of draft white paper or the first research product of uh, mm-hmm. this um, of the meta governance project. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a paper called Modular Politics. What exactly is the right, let's say, abstraction or the right way of understanding how people form? Like do collective uh, do collective sense making, or go from collective sense making to collective decision making. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the kind of the theme of this paper, it's really it's it's taking inspiration from uh, a political scientist in Indiana who um, was actually the first woman to receive the Nobel Prize in economics. Nice. Um, and what she and kind of her collaborators developed was a kind of concept called the action situation, which is mm-hmm. a little bit like a generalization of game theory, um, mm-hmm. like, a, like a formal game. And it's used a, as, a, as a way of understanding how people make choices, how people kind of work together in order to sort of resolve or make collective decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like, these were originally used in the real world in order to, let's say, describe situations where a community had to deal with some sort of public resource, mm-hmm. like you know, fish in the sea, or uh, like a, a, like a public forest, or some sort of like shared public farmland, mm-hmm. right? And the people in these communities had to come together and deal with the fact that you know it was hard to regulate 
the use of these resources. But if you didn't have regulation, um, you know, these people, these resources would just get overconsumed. Mm -hmm. And the point of these action situations, what they were really useful in describing is the fact that there were actually a huge spectrum of possible solutions and mechanisms to deal with this problem of public resource management. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't just like there was one single government actor, like an autocrat, that sort of said, this is what had to be, nor was it, you know, at the other end, at the other end, just like a market mechanism. There was really a lot of things in between and a lot of sort of complexity in how people in actual communities sort of solve these problems. Mm -hmm. And what the paper tried us to do is basically tried to build a bridge between this theory within economics and political science and the work that we're trying to do in terms of building an actual tool to support, let's say, action situations that exist online within these right. online communities. Um, in particular, we propose a, a modular approach, an approach that's, you know, as I mentioned to you before, this idea of you know, one mechanism that, you know, maybe it uh, uses a market mechanism to uh, incentivize software development, but you can have a different module, a different you know, software mechanism that governs some other aspect of the, uh, uh, of the governance uh, or some, governs some other aspect of that community. Mm -hmm. And you can do this in a modular way. Yeah, we just encourage you to take, take a look at the paper and feel free to add your comments. This is yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear that. That's nice. It's nice to see Professor Nostrum coming to the to the kind of spaces. There are some people in the blockchain world and some people in the DAO movement who are finding inspiration in her work as well and trying to bring some of her principles into you know the governing the governance protocols uh, behind uh, some DAO. But I'm yet to see an effective implementation of it, or actually any implementation of it. So far, it has been more of a more of an inspiration, uh, inspirational design kind of reference, rather than a natural. Uh, how can I put it? An actual uh, building building reference. But thank you for sharing the paper. I will definitely take a look at. It. And while I was listening to you, uh, one thing uh, came to my mind. So, when you when you say tools, uh, do you do you already have a vision in mind for what those tools would look like, uh, or maybe what kind what kind of tools they they are? So the modules themselves, or the software packages, might look like kinds um, of election and representation systems. They might be identity systems that you can plug into a computational environment or a group. Um, and the idea is that you have lots of different modules that people can plug and play. I see. Um, or a common, both a common interface as well as a common sort of under, underlying language that allows mm -hmm. people to sort of use these higher level governance abstractions over any set of, let's say, like platform, uh, lower level platform objects. So if you, you might be on one blockchain, um, and you might have certain kind of comp computational sort of uh, computational entities, mm -hmm. and this would be a governance layer that lives over that and kind of abstracts some of those things into a common framework, so you can more easily develop and sort of cross over between different platforms. Mm. So those would be off-chain solutions in a way. 
Yes. So I they would be built on top of different chains. I see. I see. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then the idea is also that such tools are available to gaming communities and whatnot. Any kind of so digital community. Yes. So the uh, uh, the idea is that you know if you have a suppose you have an election system in World of Warcraft, or somebody innovates, somebody develops a new election system, some sort of mechanism that, that works within this game, mm -hmm. that that innovation can automatically uh, translate over to a blockchain environment. So mm -hmm. that you can always have, in some sense, you can very easily just load up the best new sort of mechanism and test it out for your own community. I see. That's cool. That's cool. Well, in a way, it, it's also a nice bridge between the blockchain communities and and the off-chain community. My feeling is that there aren't many such tools that allow for the lessons learned in one of said communities to be transferred to the others or one of said environments to the other. Uh, it's, it's usually, usually I have a feeling that Whatever is learned within the blocks, it stays there. And whatever was learned or is learned often stays there as well. That's, that's a bit of my feeling. Uh, that seems to be a good bridge, uh, at least from how I am, how I'm understanding it. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. the idea, building bridges. Amazing. Uh, connect lots of different platforms. Connect lots of different platforms, yeah. And... It, it have you have you guys come together like a recent effort or has it been going on for some time now? So Larry and I have been working with a, a specific game called Seed, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, kind of an upcoming MMO, uh, about this idea of essentially building a platform for lots of different governance tools for quite a while. That's been going on for two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, this particular project originated because we teamed up with, uh, with Lewis and Primavera, and that got started uh, sometime in the early summer. I see, I see. So not that long ago. And, and what's, your, what's your current, um, like where, where you are in terms of, of what you plan to do, uh, which I'm understanding as an R&D effort, uh, right? You I, I you're yes. also developing such tools. Yes. So this is uh to be clear, this is mainly um all the people involved were all uh scientists and researchers and academics. Mm -hmm. So this project is mainly a research project. That said, we are um hopefully soon a UI um interaction designers to actually build this tool for this year. Cool. Uh, well, at least uh, just initial prototype, initial prototype. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. And if, if people listening to this want to get involved somehow, are there opportunities or are there ways in which people can, can get involved with this? Yes. Um, so there's a couple of different projects. Uh, if you're a solid to sort of get in touch, this is everything we're producing is open source. It's going to be released to the community. I mean, this is a nonprofit research project. Um, so if you want to participate and help us sort of build that initial prototype, 
um, we're going to be hopefully starting uh, starting to do that soon. Um, if you're a UI designer or just you're interested in like blockchains, just get in touch. It's on the website. Um, and if you're just come at this from a more kind of research and scientific perspective, um, or from a social science perspective, we're working on a couple of different things, um, especially related to this uh, this um, kind of a giant ontology slash database of governance structures um, that we're building. So you can get in touch about that. Uh, and lastly, uh, yeah, the, um, the kind of draft first paper is coming out and that will be online on the front page relatively soon. And we'd love to get sort of your comments and feedback on that. Yeah, so this is a it's an open research project and we're very happy to kind of work with the DAO community to learn more. And of course, if you actually run a DAO and you're interested in maybe uh, testing some initial version, like minimal prototype of these tools, uh, we'd love to work with you. So we're already working with um, this game. Uh, we've talked with um, a blockchain community called Opolis, which is based in Colorado. Um, and we're hopefully going to be working more closely with DowStack as the as we continue. So we're trying to integrate some of our uh, our work into these uh, existing platforms. I don't know. I'm, I can't hear you actually. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, I was just saying that I, I think this would benefit a lot many of these communities. This sort of integration. Um, so that's really cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll link the, the website to this show, um, to the show notes here. And yeah, I guess that's the best way for people to get in touch, right? Just using the form, the contact form on the, web, on the website. Yeah, use the contact form on the website and um, I'll give you some links if you want to post them on your, um, your blog or on the, whatever the description is yeah. on your website. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And yeah, the 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 work on the ontology of governance, if if I may put it that way, it sounds very interesting. Um, the database that, that you guys are are currently investigating would would love to know more about that on a personal level. Well, you can literally take a look at it. Cool. Go free. I mean, it's a. Uh, uh, this is not something I would share. If you want to share this, um, give me a. A day or two to clean it up because it's not meant for public access just yet so we're still cleaning it up yeah so whoever's listening to this you're not gonna have access to it right now <laughs> i'll make things easier for you <laughs> you can contact joshua and and he'll and he'll give access if you're interested in it. uh okay i think we've covered a lot of stuff um i'm not sure if if there's anything else on my end i guess i'm satisfied so if you have any final remarks or anything you want to say? Uh, just that this one, it's a nonprofit research project where everything we're producing is open source. And we'd love to work with this community, um, be part of this movement, mm -hmm. and just understand. Because we're, we're scientists, right? We right. love running experiments. And we'd love to work with you guys to figure out how can we improve governance in DAOs, but also across the internet as a whole. That's our goal, and that's what we hope to do with you or with your help. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Josh, 
Uh, thank you very much. Uh, did I lose you again? No, we still here. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. god, the internet's like, leave me, leave me. <laughs> no worries, man. No yeah. worries. Thank you very like... much. Yeah, and it was really a pleasure talking to you. I hope we can continue this conversation. I'll take a look into this database and see where what, what it, it brings in me. Um, and yeah, thank you for everybody who has listened to this. I hope you also enjoy what Meta Project is doing and hopefully get in touch, get involved. Sounds awesome. Thanks, Anilo. It's a pleasure being here. Have a good one. Yeah, likewise. Hey. Sorry about that. Yeah, my my internet is is just having a bad day. No, no worries. Um, Where are you based, anyways? Right now, I'm in I'm in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. I'm I am from Brazil. No. Uh, but the thing is that I'm in a place where the infrastructure is terrible. It's one of the favelas here, the slums, and. Uh, yeah, we, we have this this house here, which is an open house for the community at large, but the internet is really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's that a problem, yeah.